with everyone today. Let's stand together, open up with this hymn, How Great Thou Art.
God, we bless your name. We bless you, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Have you come to bless the Lord today, church? Let's give him glory, for he is worthy. Hallelujah. Let's sing to him. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful with streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name.
lift you in this place, Lord. And he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the
today we give you glory we give you honor we're asking you to infiltrate this building with your presence touch us let us hear your word let us not only hear it today but let us also receive what thus saith the Lord I know that you have a word for each and every one of us today help us to accept that as from you in Jesus name somebody shout amen in the house of the Lord so good to see you today we have a lot coming up at the end if I don't forget I'll draw the cake if I do forget, I'll just take it home and then take it as a blessing from the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 2 through 9, I want to preach a sermon entitled, The Power of Being There. Somebody say, There. there. That's your five-letter word today. T-H-E-R-E. -E, there. That's what we're going to deal with today. And I'm hopefully by the time you leave, you'll get what I feel like the Lord's trying to say to us today. Let's start with our text. 1 Kings 17, let's go to verse 2. Here we go. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, and you've probably read this before, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed in the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens 
brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while, the brook dried up. Sometimes that happens in our life because that's the only way that God can get us to move out of our comfort zone. Amen. Hallelujah. He's getting prepared meals every morning from the ravens, so why leave? If God's going to give me everything I need where I am, if God is not going to challenge me to stretch myself to get more faith, then why in the world am I just going to stay in this one place? God has to dry it up. God has to bring me to a place that I'm not comfortable in order to make me move and go into his will. Because there was no rain in the land, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, verse 8, I've already got the verse 9, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell where? There. Because, see, I have commanded a widow, where? There. To provide for you. Can you say amen to the reading of the word today? So in this story in 1 Kings, we find God. He gives very specific instructions to Elijah the prophet. It is during a time of famine. There's a lot going on. As a matter of fact, there's no rain. And there's a lot of people that are starving. There's a lot of people that are really suffering. But he says to the man of God, I have commanded ravens to feed you at a designated place. If, if you get where you're supposed to be, Elijah... The ravens are going to be there. If you are at the place of destiny, if you are at the place that is appointed for you, if you are there, then when you get there, you're going to find that the ravens are going to... Now, this is, this is just me talking, but, but I'm afraid that if he goes to another city, the ravens are going to stop coming. I'm afraid that if he gets up and says, I don't want to go to Zarephath, I don't want to go to this place, I'm going back home... I'm afraid that even the man of God would have dried up and starved to death because he refused to move into the place that God had called him to move. See, understand that God will never bring you to a place that he won't bring food there or provide for you. Can I tell somebody today, you will never, if you are following the plan of God for your life and if you're walking in the will of God for your life, you will never get in a place that God does not give you the provision that you you need when you get there. The provision is going to be there. I need you to know that today. I need you to understand that today. It may get dry. You may get a little feel like you're in a barren land, but I'm telling you that while the famine is going on all around you, that there's a God in heaven that is going to drop manna down from the sky and he is going to provide for you because the God that you serve is not just some, some lazy God that's just sitting up there lording over us. This is a God that is on the move and that is active and that is working for his children. He is Jehovah Jireh. He still is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will always provide. That means whatever you need, don't you worry about it. If you go there, it's going to come. Now, now this is a powerful lesson for us to learn today. Because the point that I want you to see is there was the place of power. There was the place of provision. There was the place of God's 
purpose. There is the place for Elijah's life. Now, now I really believe, I mean this, that if Elijah had gone somewhere else other than there, he would have missed out on the provision. He would have missed out on the purpose for his life. He would have missed out on the plan of God. And I'm afraid today that the same is true for me and the same is true for you today. That if we try to go somewhere else, God cannot bless us. See, everything comes down to two simple words, and that is obedience and surrender. What is obedience? Obedience means that I am going to listen to what God says, right? But do you know what surrender means? Surrender means that I am going to give my all to Him. Surrender means not only am I going to listen to what you say, but surrender says, God, I am yours. And if you say go, I will go. I am willing. If you tell me to stay here, I will stay here. Whatever you tell me to do, wherever you tell me to go, I am willing to do that. That is obedience and surrender. If God says go, we go. If God says stay, we stay. God has for everyone in this building today, He has a there for you. It is a place of spiritual provision, but maybe not even spiritual provision. Maybe it is a geographical position. Maybe it is God putting you in a certain place. Maybe it is God moving you, yes, even to another job. Maybe it is God doing something that you didn't expect in your life to be done. But listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, fear not, because God is with you. I am telling you today, fear not. You go to that place because God is going to provide for you when you get there. Can you say amen? Places, they really do matter. So you need to be in the right place for God to be able to bless you the way that he really wants to. I really believe that the reason that God created places, you see God when he created the world, do you remember? He created places before he created people. Do y'all recall that in your Bibles? He didn't make man and then say, alright, let's put some water over here and let's put some land over here and we're, no. He made the land, he made the ocean, he makes the animals, he gets everything in place and then he puts people on that earth. So in other words, places are created before people are. There is something important about being at the right place at the right time. Anybody know what I, have you ever been there at the right place at the right time? Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you find yourself in that position you are about to be released a tremendous blessing in your life that you cannot even imagine possible. God is wanting somebody to simply show up so that he can bless you. He needs you there. I was reading in my Bible just the other day. Her name is Esther. She's no more than really just a little common girl. Until one day the king's wanting a wife. And she dresses up herself. Goes through, through the proper fasting and the bathing of the oils for a year like they had to do. Isn't that cra crazy ladies? For one year. Yeah somebody talking about they can get massage in that package. I mean, can you imagine how painful it must be? you got to go to the spa for a year. Bless your little hearts. And so they have to go. One year they're doing all this just so they can win the favor of one guy. But he wasn't an ordinary guy. He was the king. 
You recall the story. And Esther finally finds herself in a position of power because she has chosen to become the queen. And when she has chosen to become the queen, Haman tries to kill God's people, which are her people, which are the Jewish people, which, a.k.a., are God's people. Oh, hallelujah to the Lord. So what God had to do is strategically, he needed a Jew there. He didn't need Esther over yonder. He needed Esther there. And so Esther listens, she obeys, she goes to that point, and her cousin Mordecai, I love what he said, man, it's one of my favorite things. When he looked at Esther, when all of this chaos is going on, and he said, perhaps the Lord has put you in the kingdom for such a time as this. My God, don't you ever underestimate God putting you in the right place at the right time. Blessings are coming. But the question I have today for you is simply this. Are you there? I watched a movie one time. I don't even remember if I finished the thing, but I watched a little bit of it. And it was called, Are We There Yet? Are you there geographically where God wants you? Are you there spiritually where God wants you? Relationally and relationships, are you there where God wants you? Sometimes we may think that our life has gotten off course and we find ourselves in a place that we never dreamed. Listen to me, there's bad places in our life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you find yourself not at the right place at the right time, but you find yourself at the wrong place at the wrong time. And you find yourself away from God. I often read of the Apostle Peter. I was writing notes yesterday and I said he was he was there but he wasn't really there right he's in the garden he's praying he falls asleep Jesus rebukes him and says Peter alright you're here right he shows up but he's really not there he's asleep he's chilling while Jesus is literally sweating blood over yonder praying in agony blood vessels literally bursting and blood rolling down his face because of the stress that had been put on him. Stress that we can't even imagine possible. I get stressed and get a fever blister every now and then. I cannot even imagine the stress that is on the weight of a Savior that is innocent, that doesn't deserve it. Knows he's, he's an all-knowing God. He knows what the cross means. He knows what it looks like. He knows what's going to happen to him. He knows the physical pain he is going to go through. But here he is in the garden and he's praying and he's sweating tear. Amen. And sweating blood and Peter is there kind of the man comes up kisses Jesus the attitude in Peter grabs a sword cuts off his ear you know the story picks up and says hey put your sword away that's not the way we do things around here Jesus picks up the ear of Malchus puts it on his head and heals it it's such a powerful moment a miracle takes place God's showing us love your enemies even when they hate you do good to those that do wrong to you oh my God have mercy he's a picture of what we should be and here we are walking out of the garden they've got him in handcuffs like he's a thief and what does the disciples do the Bible said that they all scattered right and Peter kind of tried to stay on track but the Bible said that Peter followed afar off he was not really there he knew he should have been he knew he should have stayed with the Savior but something happened in his life and he wandered away from the place that God wanted him to be it happens to us sometimes ladies and gentlemen we need to be closer to him we need to be at that there place we need more of the power of God in our 
our life. We need more of the glow of God on our face. We need more testimony than we've got to be able to witness to the world. There's a lot more that we need. We've got to be there. But sometimes we follow afar. God, help us today. That's not what I want to do. There, a place of power, a place of provision. There is a place of God's purpose for my text, for Elijah's life. Jesus told his disciples some years ago, he said, I want you to get on a boat, right? When you get on this boat, he is not on the boat. He is on the mountain, and he is praying. He tells them to go to Bethsaida, but the Bible said, but a storm came. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes on our way there, a distraction gets in the way. Sometimes when we think to ourselves, I'm almost there. Oh, I'm doing the will of God. I'm feeling better. I'm even looking better. I'm eating better. Oh, I'm even walking every day. I make sure I feel good about myself. Man, I've been praying. Man, I've been reading. I mean, everything seems to be going good. And you feel like everything is working in your favor. Everything is positive. But all of a sudden, in the middle of the sea, a storm comes up. You didn't expect that storm. You didn't want that storm. But that storm is there, and you find yourself in the middle of it. And all you're trying to do is get to Bethsaida like Jesus told you to do. Oh, my God. Let, let me read it. Let me read it. it. They got blown off course. But you know what they did? Let, let, let me just show you. Go, to our, go ahead and flip to it. Let's go to Mark 6, 53. Let me read it to you. When they had crossed over, that means when they got to the other side, it is not Bethsaida. The wind blew them off course. They came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Watch this. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. We're talking about the apostle Peter. We talking about John? No, we're talking about Jesus. They ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered in the villages, the cities, to the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace, begged him, just touch, let him touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him, they were made whole or made well. Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach today. What I'm trying to tell you, isn't that exciting? But they were supposed to be in Bethsaida. But sometimes plans change. And you have to be able to adjust to the new there that God is taking you to. See, sometimes I want God to take me there. And I know where there is in my mind. But God is saying, wait a minute. There's so many off-the-rail places you're going. There's some winds that are going to blow. There's some things that are going to happen. But even when they got there, the miracles of God are still happening. People are being healed. People are being touched. When life blows you off course from the plan that you thought you were going to be on, you got to understand that when you get there, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find hurting people over there that need you to pray for them. You're going to find some broken people over there that need you to be a witness for them. You need to be that one that hugs them and embraces them. What I'm telling you is it doesn't matter where you find yourself. There is always somebody there that God has sent you to minister to. God can use you wherever you are. 
even in times when it feels like you've been blown off course, lost your way, amen, just begin to pour in and say, well, God, you can use me right where I am because God always has a way of getting us back on course. He has allowed us to go places with Him that we never dreamed possible. He has allowed us to go to these places not by coincidence. It is a new there. It is a place of purpose. I read about the woman at the well. Do you remember that story? The woman of Samaria. She comes to the well. And Jesus looks at his disciples. And they're going to a certain place. But he says, I must go through Samaria today. And they're like, why are you going through Samaria? That's of course. We don't go to Samaria. We don't deal with those people. Those people are dirty dogs. What are you talking about you going through Samaria? But it was a there. That God said, you've got to show up. Because there's a lady there that you are going to absolutely change their life forever. What if I was crazy enough to believe that God is about to shift some of you to a new place. And you're going to wonder why you're there. But you are going to change somebody's life and because they met you and came in contact with you, oh, I wish somebody would grab this, their life is changed forevermore. And then you can look back and say, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought me here. Not all moments are equal opportunity moments. It's simple. Either you're there for your family, right, or you're not there for your family. Either you are fostering your faith in God, growing in Christ, or either you are not. You just could care less, right? But sometimes we make it harder than it really is. Just be there. Just be there in the morning for devotion. Just be there when it comes time to pick up this holy, holy book we call the Bible. And read it. And if you don't want to read it, listen to it. But get it inside of your heart. Just show up. Just be there. For your family. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, all you've got to do sometimes is just be there. Just show up to church on Sunday. Just be there. Be there at Bible study. Be there every time that you can. Be there when it comes time to volunteer to help the community. Just be there. There's power in being there. Things happen when we show up there. It is when God works miracles. It is when things happen. When the kingdom work is done. My goodness, I wish we could learn to just be there. God is speaking to us in this 21st century in which we live. We are seeing things like we've never, ever seen before. God is calling us to fully commit to him. You know, I was thinking the other day about, about church. You know, we, Jesus help Jimmy as he tries to preach today. When I was a kid coming up, as, at, 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 when I was at church coming up as a kid, I used to always wonder why it was that I wanted to be there. I had this epiphany just Saturday morning as I was thinking and meditating early with my coffee in hand, sipping on it like an old 90-year-old man, chilling out, listening to birds chirp, and thinking to myself, 
And as I began to reminisce and I thought about the 21st century and I thought nowadays we literally almost sometimes have to beat kids to come to church. And I'm thinking, why? Why? And I think of my youth and I think to myself, man, I used to love to go to church. I loved it. And I'm going to tell you, even though I was a teenager, I absolutely hated to miss. Do you know why I hated to miss? Because I was afraid that he might show up and I didn't. That's good preaching, tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, TikTok it, do whatever you want to do with it. I was afraid that God was going to show up in that house and I was not going to be there when Jesus showed up. I thought maybe tonight, because back then miracles still happen and we've had some ourselves, so don't, don't believe that's just a thing of the past. But I'm sitting there thinking, I want to be there. People we were praying for, for, for miracles. And I'm thinking, man, tonight may be the night that we anoint them with oil because we didn't just anoint them one time. We laid hands on them multiple times. Pour oil on them every service saying, God, we're still believing for a miracle and I thought to myself maybe tonight it's going to be the night that God's going to show up and God is going to do something crazy around this place and I don't want to miss it so I knew I had to be there we are listen we are living in a world that is full of, of fathers I, it, it kills me I see it every single week in our schools fathers that are absentee fathers they simply are not there for this generation we have absentee parents and children that are living with their cousins and their uncles and their aunts and I'm sitting here thinking, I wish somebody would just be there for them. We're living in a world of absentee Christians. God help me, Jesus. I, oh, Lord, Pastor Jimmy's going crazy today. But this is the command of Christ to an absentee father. This is the message of Christ to an absentee mother. This is the message of Christ to an absentee church member. He is telling you today you better be there. Because I'm about to shake the place with my power. Something great is about to happen. And you are not going to want to miss what I am about to do. I do a new thing like you've never seen before. Be there to see. Jesus, hallelujah. I feel like going into a song or something and singing. I've got to refuse to be absentee. We're productive people, folks. We ought to be productive people. We ought to be successful people. We ought, we're, God hasn't called us to be passive. No, not in this generation. This generation is in your face. This generation is I am going to live this way and you are going to like it. This generation is I don't care what the Bible said. That's for old fogies. All right, there's a new way now. There's a cooler way. There's a better way. And they're writing up Bibles and doing new translations, trying their best to do away with what thus saith the Lord. But we already know what it said. We've read it from Genesis to Revelation, and we know what God has already told us. We know it to be true. There's no going to another book. We know, folks. God has called us to be aggressive. 
God has called us to face sin eyeball to eyeball and not back down from it, not turn away, not shy away from it. When people ask us what our beliefs are on hot topic issues, you ought to pull out your Bible and you ought to say, listen, it's not about what I think. It is what thus saith the Lord. This is the church that God's called us to be. We are to be there. We are to be aggressive and do great things. But with all of that comes balance. We have to learn that sometimes we can become so obsessed with success, right, in our lives. And we'll do it at the expense of what really matters. I've had pastors that have told me that pastor successful churches. And when asking them, what are the things that you regret? What are the things that you would, you would change if you could go back? These are retired people. They've lived it. And they look back 2020. And they say to me, I wish I would have rescheduled that pastor's cancel meeting so I could have been at my son's softball tournament. Come on, somebody. We can get so carried away with success. We can get so carried away with I've got to make another dollar. I've got to buy another building. I've got to do this. I've got to do that at the expense of our sons and our daughters and our family, our husbands and our wives. And we lose our relationship with them. They end up not knowing us. We are a stranger to them. Also, we can be what? Successful. But can I point out something in the Bible to you? The word success is only found one time in the Bible. It is Joshua 1 and 8. Where he says you're going to find success in everything you do. That word success is used one time. Do you know why? Because success is not required. Are y'all ready for this? Don't everybody shout at once. It's getting too deep for us. God never required me to be successful. He required me to be faithful. I'm feeling it today, Sandra. It's stirring in me so strong right now I can hardly stand it. Listen to me. We got a little church on the back side of nowhere. We got a pastor there. He's been pastor for 25 years. All right. He's going to end up retiring from this place. When they started off, they had 50 people. Some of the older people have died. Now they're sitting there. They've got 35 strong on Sunday morning. And gray-haired man gets up and he preaches the word every single Sunday morning. He preaches as, as good as any camp meeting preacher that will be on our roster this year. In some of our eyes and definitely in the world's eyes. That old man, he is not successful. What has he done? But man, if you look over the 25 years of life that this man has touched in this small community, in the backside of, I've pastored those kind of churches that you had to go miles and miles off the main road to even find them. It is not fun to pastor one of those churches. Now we're in six mile and we're off the beaten path in a way. 
But we have hundreds of cars literally that go by every single day. I don't care when I walk to that window during the day, every single day of the week, I just saw another one. And I guarantee I can preach and there'll be 100 cars that are going to pass in the next 15 minutes this way. So we've got people coming. And I know it can be tough, but I've been at those places where you didn't just drive by and say, oh, there goes the church. We ought to visit that one Sunday morning, honey. I've been on the back side of the country where the cows are the only thing that live out there. There's not even houses and you're trying to pastor a church in the eyes of the world he may not be successful but praise God he's been faithful and one of these days God's going to reward him and say you've been faithful over the small things now enter into the joy of the Lord God didn't say you had to be successful he just said be there show up and be faithful Woo. oh Jesus help me Sometimes we are confused and we fuss about heaven and hell issues. Success is not a heaven or hell issue, but faithfulness is a heaven or hell issue. It really doesn't matter what your peers think about you. It really doesn't. They're not all going to agree with you. Honestly, your kids could care less about your titles, probably about your degrees and your air quote success. If your success keeps you from actually being there. And God could care less about what the world calls success. He could give a rip. All he really wants is us just like that child wants daddy to be there. Mama to be there. It is the same way with God. He just wants his children to simply be there. You want to know what life is all about? Listen, it is about Jesus, ladies and gentlemen. It is about his church, ladies and gentlemen. It is about his kingdom and about your family. It is about your loved ones. Be there. Be there. Just be there. Let's go. I, I've got to close. I really do. I've, I've preached long enough. I, I do want to tell you this. There is nothing more important than your relationship with God and your family. Always remember that. Your relationship with God and your family. Today I want to challenge us as I come to a close. I want you to be there. Because God's going to bless you there. I want, I challenge you this week to pick out a spot and call that spot there. All right? I don't care if it is your 20-minute commute from your house to work and you typically listen to a podcast or you enjoy music on the way. Let that be your there every morning that you say, you know what, God? I'm going to show up there at 7.30. And when I show up at 7.30, I just want to talk to you. I just want us to have a relationship there. Pick a there. I want to show you this, and I'll leave you alone. An intriguing scripture. Look at Genesis 18, 22. This is Abraham. He's praying for Sodom. God, please spare it. Please spare it. Please spare it. The men or the angels turned away from there and went towards Sodom. Watch this. But Abraham still stood there before the Lord. Right? It's a place. It is a there. And they are here together. He talks to him. He negotiates with God. He intercedes with God. If there's 10 righteous, if there's 20, if there's 30, if there's 50, I mean 45. I mean he's calling all these numbers out. Would you spare this city? Yes, Abraham, I'll spare it. 
he intercedes at his there. But this is a scripture that's always intrigued me. So the Lord went his way as soon as he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Every time I read that scripture, this is what goes on in my mind. I feel like that it's a there. Abraham always built altars, right? And when you build an altar, what do you do in an altar? Well, you sacrifice, but you also pray to the God of heaven at the altar. It is a there. That is why at the close of services, oftentimes, I'll say you could pray at your pew if you want to, but if you'd like, you could come to the altar. Because in my mind, and I may be old-fashioned, I may be crazy, or maybe I've just had too many powerful experiences there to ignore it. But there's something in my spirit that says if I can get you to meet him there because he is there waiting on you. Abraham builds altars. He goes and he talks to God. But this is the beautiful thing I love about this scripture. It's like they talk together just like friends. And I know in the Bible that the Bible said Abraham was called the friend of God. So it's like we go and say, hey God, how you doing today? Abraham, I'm doing great. How about you? Lord, I've really been praying, boy, I'm telling you. Oh, man, Lot over there, my nephew. Just a communication, line of communication. Thank you for meeting with me today. He goes his way, and God goes his way. Do you see what I'm telling you? There is a meeting place. It is going to the doctor's appointment, walking into that lobby, going into that place. The doctor meets you there in that little room in the back. You say, thank you, doc. Shake hands. You go your way. He goes his way. Why can't we have a relationship with God like that? Why can't we have a there with God like that? Why can't we have a meeting place with God that we say, Lord, I'll be there. I'm leaving you with this thought. Adam has been created. Places are created before people. But there is a special place, a there, that God and Adam have. It is a little walkway through the garden. And so at the cool of the day, every single day, Eve, I got to go, honey. I'll see you in a little while. I got to go meet God. And in the cool of the day, like friends, he and God would walk through the garden together. Talk to one another. Everything going good in the garden for you, Adam? Oh, yeah, Lord, doing great. Got a cold? No, I ain't got no cold. That's because you can't get a cold. Everything's perfect. Did the lion try to attack you yesterday? No, I actually was rubbing the lion. I've actually named that thing. His name is Lion. But the, the other one of it? Oh, yeah, that's Tiger. Yeah, we're getting along good. I slept on him like a pillow last night. Yeah, everything's going great. They talk in the garden. But Byron, there came a day. I want you to watch this. This is so powerful. There came a day, the cool of the day. It's a beautiful evening just like it's always been. The water's springing up from the ground. All the flowers are impeccable. The animals are all purring and meowing and barking. Everything's going great. The birds are chirping. Adam's holding them and feeding them little seeds. I mean, it's just a picture-perfect land. 
But God showed up on the little walking trail. But guess who wasn't there? Adam wasn't there. And God said, Adam, where are you? You're supposed to be there. You're supposed to be here. This is our place of communion. This is our time. What has happened that has separated you from me? And it's the same answer. 20, I'm telling you, over, over 6,000 years now. In the 21st century, the same exact answer. We're hiding ourselves with little fig leaves because we know that we're naked and we know that we've been sinning and we know we've been doing things we ought not be doing. And so we try to hide ourselves from this great God. And he's sitting there saying, Adam, where are you? Where are you? See, I'm afraid that that's what is happening in the church today. God is showing up. But he's asking, where are you at? So today... I need you to find the there. Because there is a place. Miracles happen there. Marriages are restored there. Prayers are answered there. Chains are broken there. The power. Put it up. The power of being there. Let's all stand. Today I want to invite you to the altar. Yes, I do. Today I invite you to the altar. And I challenge you today. Some of you need things happening in your life. Some of you need answers in your life. Some of you have been waiting on God to do some things in your life. I am challenging every one of us to find a there. Whether it's an office in your home, whether it's a commute in the car, whether it's in your shower time, I don't care when it is. I am just asking you to tell God like Adam, we are going to have a place in the cool of the day that we are going to communicate and we are going to talk and we're going to be friends again and I'm going to commune with you and you're going to commune with me because God has already made a promise that if we draw near to him, not like Peter and follow apart, but if you draw nigh to me, I'm going to draw even closer to you. My point today in closing is this. If you create a there, I promise you, I promise you, God is going to show up. Are you going to show up? Are you going to be there? Sing it, Brian. Oh, yeah. I trust in God. I trust in God. the word
thank you for your word today. I thank you that Elijah, yeah, he could have starved, but thank God he went there. And there's a little widow lady that doesn't seem to have much. Her husband has died. It looks like she's not going to make it. She gathers sticks. She thinks it's the end. But what Elijah found that I didn't have time to preach today, not only did God provide for him when the ravens were dropping food, but he provided also for him when he got to Zarephath. Not only did you provide for Elijah, but you also provided for a poor widow lady that was about to lose everything. And a son that she said, I'm going to bake one more meal and we'll just let this kid and myself die and get out of our misery. The power of being there, it will not only change our life, but my goodness, it will change the lives of others that meet us at that place. Not only are you doing miracles for us, you're also doing miracles for them. What a powerful God. Help us to be there. Well, for everybody that drew last week, I had a rough week, and uh, evidently, and I threw the tickets away. Fret not, men and women of God. Sandra had come and, uh, and, and done what needs to be done to make this happen, all right? I assure you, we have every one of them in here. There's 115, and yes, we were able to look at the roll where we were. I was sitting there, I think it was Tuesday morning, and I looked at that, at this, and it had blue tickets in it, and I said to myself, man, we've got to empty that so we can put more in it next week. Yeah. Don't judge me. So this is my mother-in-law's red velvet cake. It weighs about 35 pounds, and... It's really, really good. Where's Bryce at? Did Bryce leave me? It's fine, Bryce. You don't have to help me. I'll get Pastor Brian to help me. Oh, he's on? All right. No. Look, yeah, dig through that. There we go. What's this? What's this? What are we looking at? Are you ready? 385, 7,000. 385, 7,000. That's 385, 7,000. Brian, you hold it and let me draw. I don't trust you. All right, let's go again. You ready? This one will win. Three, eight, five, six, nine, one, five. Wait, wait, wait. Somebody's got it. Wait, hold on. Three, eight, five, six, nine, one, five. That was the first one. She's got the first one. Oh, you got the three, eight, five, seven, zero, zero, zero. Beautiful. Come on down and grab it. Congratulations to the movies. Enjoy. I promise you will enjoy this, all right? Bring me a piece Wednesday night. Um, <clears throat> listen, so we're going to be selling tickets today. I will not throw these away, I promise you, because this was just a lot of work, last-minute stuff. So I'll keep them in this week, Sandra, I promise you. So this week, Sandra is going to be making, she calls a Crisco pound cake. Trust me, it's really, really good. I had one at the office. I'm going to buy some of these tickets, too, because I'm telling you, Steve brought me and Brian a couple pieces with a cup of coffee. Mwah. It's beautiful. So get your tickets. God bless y'all.